Hello and welcome to For the Love of Humanity. I am Michael Armano. And I'm Lindsay Tate. Tonight we're going to talk about some cool stuff. Technology. We always talk about technology, but there's such a wide array of topics that surround technology. And it is such a big part of our lives that, you know, whether we care to admit it or not, it is. So I think it's important to examine the pros and cons, the positives, the negatives, the benefits, you know, the disadvantages or what have you of every kind of facet of it. I mean, obviously it's so vast, so it's definitely something that we're going to talk about often. Yeah, so I think it's cool that um, technology really does affect us in many different ways. So somewhat in literature, there's like this uh, utopian idea of society, which is very technologically oriented. And then there's this dystopian, which has like no technology. It's very barbaric, if you will. But really, it's not reliant on whether or not you have technology. Just because you have technology doesn't make it more utopian, you know? So it doesn't necessarily mean... There's a lot of people with dystopian views of technology and how there are, and that's... will take over and how dependent they are on... Or not dependent, but like addicted to like social media. And... For sure. So you can really hit that at a lot of different levels. Should you blame the technology for the way that humans use it? Because a lot of it is uh, psychology-based, as we talked about earlier. Exactly. Or is the technology manipulating the people, you know, into thinking a certain yeah. way? You know, there are two different ways to look at it. So I guess broad topic of this first uh, segment of the show, we're going to talk about whether technology as a whole is uh, progressive for our society or regressive. So that's kind of the two uh, Or points. how it can actually be both even at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely, and I think that's something that and we will... And the person is the factor. I think that is the thing that we'll discover by the end of the show. You know, who really is in control of the technology. It really is based on the individual user, how you utilize it, how it affects you, what you need to do to separate yourself if you need to. Uh, which goes to our first topic. We were going to talk about dating. So dating in this uh, era is very different than it's ever been before. There is no other generation that had the opportunity to get on a mobile tiny <laughs> computer thing and communicate with hundreds of thousands of women from literally anywhere and all, all over the world. So now you have this mindset of, oh, I have to find the one, you know, whereas previously dating was a matter of who is in my immediate circle? How far can I travel out to meet people? Like that's how our parents met. That's how your parents' parents met. They had a circumference of people that they ran into and dated. Now you very well could match with someone that lives in a different country, fall in love, you know, and get like, catfished. yeah, and get or get catfish, <laughs> which is another There's a whole <clears throat> show dedicated to that. Right. So. You have the, uh, let's say, the progressive landscape where it's like, oh, you can find the love of your life. It'll be happily ever after. And you have all these millions of people to choose from, which leads you to, is that a regressive thing? Is there too much choice? And is that ruining the way that people connect in person without that degree of separation? I think it is, I think it is a lot for the most part. I think it's the grass is always greener mentality of, oh, this person's cool, but eh, on to the next because you didn't, you know, that person or, you know, people in society even as a whole are just, you know, looking for that instant gratification. And then once that's fulfilled or maybe it's not fulfilled at all, they want to bounce right on to the next thing. For sure. And that's something that when you think about dating now, 
you look at someone's profile and you read everything about them and you have a general understanding of who they are as a person. You chat a little bit, maybe you go out and do a thing. Before to even have that initial contact with anyone, you had to meet them. You couldn't just go to their Facebook page learn everything about them like you had to generally <laughs> your own judgment yeah, on them you had to you rem- meet them. remove that degree of separation you know get to know them better now relationships i'm sure burn out super fast because it's just like all right i have every all the information i can possibly know about you i'm done like okay well there's nothing more to learn so then you get into the situation of if you're not changing if nothing is happening you know i've already known everything about you there's that lackluster it's all gone you know it's like so you get burned out on love you know it's just a chemical in your brain that makes you feel that way but if you don't harvest it you know it's just like anything in life if you're not maintaining it your love it's just gonna burn out like that so what do you think but, but, but one thing i want to chime in on on that is that um also, it's not only is it the grass needs greener mentality, but the taking it for granted mentality. Oh, of for like, sure, because there's always something else. Yeah, exactly. Having that 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 opportunity at your fingertips to swipe right or left on someone, connect with them instantly, have a conversation, and you know, it's just so it's vastly different well, than how it's wildly them. impersonal as well. You know, it's like you. If you act this way, if you use the technology in this way, then you could genuinely just, you know, do whatever you want and never have to make commitments to people. You yeah, know, and it's very, it thing. seems like a selfish way to utilize this technology, but that's not to say that people genuinely aren't meeting and, and finding relationships and stuff through this technology. I've dated a few lovely women from dating apps for long periods of time. Like they, they were great relationships. We I went different it. directions and we moved on. And that's another thing is like, from your perspective, being a woman, I'm sure it's far worse than it is for me. No one's hitting me up and sending me weird stuff, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure that's something that you might experience. I hope to God you don't, but that is something... Well, we have the control now is how the ads, apps have morphed into. Yeah, and we have to skip send... one of our other topics because this is actually a pretty good topic. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, it's morphed into giving the, the control back to the woman. And that's great. Like Bumble is a really good one. The women have to message first. So you connect. They'll have to be the ones to initiate the conversation. Uh, You can't send photos, I don't think, in either of the apps. So that's good because you don't have to worry about them sending dick pics. Protect your phone number at all costs. You know, and I've had uh, women be like, hey, I would rather just communicate through Bumble and, and so we meet. And I'm like, that's perfectly fine. I have no problem with that because I get it. You know, you haven't met this person. If you're giving out your personal number, you don't know what to I expect. I can't even you know? imagine. Like, I can't. I mean, I can. I mean, it's, it hasn't happened to me that many times in terms of unsolicited dick pics. <laughs> but, I mean, I just don't understand what would provoke or bring about that. You know, it's very strange. It's just a strange phenomenon. Unsolicited, you know. I, I really can't get into that mindset. I don't understand. Hey, let's check out my junk. Like, I, I think, think it's they're just like, assuming the woman's just gonna send like a picture of their tits back or something. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a putting a line out there. It's like, here's my dick. You know. <laughs> Let me just Whoa. lay it all what out. What do you there think? You know, you. this is well. That's the thing. It's like you know, they're just laying it out there, like who they are. They're a dick, <laughs> so they're just like, hey, I'm a huge dick. You know, so oh um, you know. All right, so going back to the topic, dating and whether or not it's progressive or regressive, uh, I think it's a draw. I, I would do have too. to say. So I think what it boils down to is it. Um, 
Are you going to let the technology control how you react to the world and the world around you and the people? Or are you going to dictate how you utilize it? You know, so to that's be quite honest, in. and one thing I'll uh, say also, just to kind of end that just part of the topic, um, is that, like, I'm just thinking about, like, why I, you know, why I initially joined onto the dating apps and stuff like that, too. Because, you know, overall, there's just this stigma surrounding it. Maybe not so much anymore because there's so many more apps out there. But yeah, I like, think it's definitely cooled down a bit on that. Yeah, when I joined, I, I even had the stigma on it. And I was like, well, let me just give it a whirl and stuff like that. And um, But the, re- the main reason that I joined is because I was not looking to meet anyone in a bar or out at some local watering right. hole. Trying to find club. a safer way to That was meet the someone. absolute worst. Like I, you know... In my early 20s thinking you know that was a good idea and then over time realized wow this is a horrible idea um it was like well hmm let me revert to the dating app see if i can find a normal person normal guy that doesn't spend you know every single weekend raging and getting wasted at the bars because that's not something i was interested in anymore or ever really i mean you know partying with my friends is one thing but you know i'm in my 30s now like definitely not so that's kind of one of the reasons why i jumped into it to begin with but overall my experience has been mediocre slash a draw (laughs) Uh, my experience on social media i joined for one reason and one reason only it's because i love attention (laughs) you know so i get on there um i got on way not to mention i'm a huge social media guy you know like i had to have all the apps so i get on all my check them all out how they work and stuff like that i dated a girl for like two years uh that i met on tinder it was a phenomenal relationship she was a nurse i was uh, owning a club at the time and then she got a job and you know here and there and then i moved on so great great relationship off of a dating app you know, I've met other uh, ladies who I've thoroughly enjoyed, and really like the. I like the dating app because I can uh, have. I don't know. I get to know them better. It's not just like, hey, let's fuck. Okay, cool. I'll meet you at your house. No, it's like I like enjoy genuinely enjoy having conversations and getting to know them. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, so I hate going to the bar. I feel weird about it. Like standing around, like, hey, what you know, you know, like. I don't know. Like, that's hey, just not me. Can I buy you a drink? Yeah, like if we're in a crowd of people and it's like a group and I'm telling a story, I, I can I can talk to people like that, but I can't go up to someone with the intent of, hey, I find you attractive, let's chit-chat. You know, it's like it's uncomfortable. So it dating is, apps but give at you the same a little time, separation. That's true, but you definitely, like, I, I don't know. I just, if we're going to stay on the topic of dating or maybe we're we'll, here. we'll just cut the, half of this out because we're kind of... Valentine's Day a, episode. Running on a tangent here. <laughs> Um, was that... Well, look, it's summer love right now, so let's talk about it. It's the episode of the show. Well, the whole, like... Summer love. You know, I, I think it's silly, you know, if you, if you are out in a place and... Because I've had the, the experience where I've been out and about and, you know, it, it's just from where I'm from and up north, it's way different in terms of men approaching you. And not to say that, like, everyone up there does it, but I just feel like there's guys up there that have more confidence than a lot of the guys down here. I mean, in my experience, like, if a woman is making eye contact with you, if you could sense that she's flirting with you and then you still don't make a move, like, that's just dumb. So why don't you make a move? There we go. Flipped it on you. I'm sure I have. I mean... So I think that's another thing is I genuinely cannot think of any time that a woman has come up to me like initiated a conversation at a bar 
So maybe cool. that's just some uh, weird cultural st- stigma. You can't like just have a conversation. I don't know if that's a you cult. You know, it's, it could be cultural all over the world because we'll I'm have sure to ask that. I think it's the patriarchy. It is. Yeah, definitely. It is, it is the patriarchy. We should ask our viewers uh, or listeners on this episode. Uh, we'll do a poll about that. It's how many female? How many women out there? Let's see where we're at on time. How many time. women out there? Oh, it's only been twelve minutes. Yeah. We Gucci. How many women out there would approach a man? And how? And then for the men, how many men out there would like or enjoy or have be receptive come, to yeah, a woman? Approaching them. I would like it. I'd be like, oh, finally. I don't have to be weird about it anymore. Like, I don't know. Anyway, so we're going to move on. That was great. Uh, Dating, technology, uh, we're kind of out of draw on that one. The next topic we want to talk about was GPS. So when I introduced this topic earlier to Lindsay, I was thinking more in terms of navigation. I have a love for pirates and I think about maps all the time. And uh, something that me and my housemate do when we're driving around the city, like we're new to Jacksonville. We've only been here about a year and a half. Uh, so we're driving around in new parts of towns. We look at the map on the GPS and we try to find it ourselves. Like we like to read the map before having to plug it in. It's like, you know, if it's like, oh, I don't really know, then you'll plug it in and do the GPS thing and follow it. But that's one of the things um, that I was thinking is like, is it okay to navigate everywhere you need to go and you never truly understand how to get somewhere? Like you have to be able to read signs and understand like this is the direction you're going. Yeah. So that might be looked at in a regressive way. But, but then you brought up. the on- But before you go into that, the onus can be put on the person when it comes to that specifically in terms of relying on the GPS to get sure. you everywhere. Yes. But when I think about it in my experience is that uh, same thing. I've been in Jack's eight years, but in the, in the very beginning and even still now, I just have the habit of plugging in my GPS. But what I've noticed is that Yes, I've had to use my GPS in the beginning, but now that I've been here so long and a lot of what I do for work and whatnot has has me traveling all over different parts of town, now I've noticed I don't need it. Like, I know where I'm going, and I'm familiar, yeah. That's good, and I like that because, you know, a lot of cars even have uh, the GPS built in, and I like the idea that you can just... Have it there. Just see the map, yeah. Yeah, you can just have it there, see the map, and then that way, you know, you can tune it out, you can mute it. Um, so that's a good point. So I think in that regard, but it's really like main roads and stuff like that too, and the highways. Like, because if I get off on a random, yeah, exit, you're trying to find something in particular. Then I if can I don't see have a GPS, GPS in, then yeah, I will get lost as fuck. Like, but yeah, going into like the next part of GPS, which is something that most people don't talk about, is you know, um, GPS is used for many different things beyond you navigating in your own car. I mean, a lot of your technology has GPS is based, based on GPS. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, even like the company that I work for now, our our app would be nothing without GPS because it's designed to locate you know, that service provider, that vendor, or like if you take Uber as an example, that driver. Absolutely. Uber's whole technology would not be non-existent without GPS. But beyond driving, you know, there's, um, you know, there's geotagging. There's, and I don't know a ton about that, but, you know, think about how they tag, you know, animals, like endangered species and stuff like that. Right. that's all have, utilized with GPS. And you have to think that now the technology, all these phones are communicating with each other, you know, so... Your location service. All of these different <laughs> apps, all of these different servers, like all these apps ask you, hey, can, we can do better if we know where you're at. 
You know, so then that leads you to is so now that I know where everybody is. They've yeah, given so, everybody a tracking device. So then you have the positive aspect of yeah, it's great for when we're driving. Uh, you know, our apps are fantastic, but on the regressive side, it's like who has information to privacy, all of that? Every place that you've been, someone to. can know when I'm not home. You know, like that kind of thing. Uh, so I don't know. I guess that one seems to be a draw as well, and it comes down to how humanity. Uh, approaches the technology how they use it if you're willing to give up certain your certain things like privacy for convenience now you can always shut your 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 stuff off everything that it takes i mean maybe i don't know there's probably some strange you can shut your location like services off but definitely on your I phone mean, you can shut it all off you know if you wanted to get away for a while i think ultimately though you have to just either shut your phone off or put your put it on airplane mode like i don't think you got to go full ron swanson and get rid of all traces of your identity across the board <laughs> like if there's a photo of you at a restaurant after eating a 14 ounce steak off the wall you have to take it otherwise they will find you because they'll say all right he eats here we're gonna hang out here well that we're gonna get into the, <laughs> we're gonna get into the ai here in a couple minutes um which all ties into that artificial intelligence but um do you want to talk about money or yeah so we got time to talk about money um so another way that technology has truly advanced us is uh credit a lot of money is digital uh we talked about bitcoin in another episode but this time i'd like to talk about uh currency services such as paypal venmo and apple pay so i recently have stopped carrying you know money i don't carry cash around i don't like to carry my People cards around i carry my phone if and i can pay for everything with my phone i just hold it up to a thing it goes beep and takes my money but all that money is digital, crazy you know so like that's a very cool thing that's a wild but then with that it comes with uh also security risk you know so like there's also a security risk if you have um cash, cash on you Tangible. you know Money. And really, my my logic is if someone steals my phone, I'm going to hop on the website and shut my phone off. I'm going to track where it is, and then I'll call the cops and give them all that information, you know? So I've wrote if I got to lose, and then I just log into a new phone covered by your, your my insurance. I mean, the chances of them being able to, they probably wouldn't even tr- think to use the phone to buy anything. You know what I mean? It's way more encrypted and protected um, yes. through this mecha- through this. Uh, yeah, and I got the, you know, face recognition, which there's an argument there. But, you know, if you don't have my face, the phone won't even open, then it's worthless. You know, so like, you, yeah, cool, you got my phone, but what are you going to do with it nowadays? Phones are like locked down tight. Everything's trapped in your phone. So that's an interesting aspect of money. You have uh, these apps for like uh, PayPal, um, Cash App. You know, I can it's hold digital money. It's dangerous though too because it's like dangerous in terms of like, for to me anyway, it's like, hey, I can just hop on Venmo and just like you know, send money out and like, it just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like you're handing someone a $20 bill or have your credit card in your hand and you're swiping it. You can spend more loosely. And I think it's like, it doesn't even seem like it seems like play money. It does. And I can definitely see that. And that's why like stores will offer you these credit cards. You know, it's like, Hey, we're going to give you the money. You know, you can just spend whatever you want in the store and then you're in debt to them. Then you got to start paying that credit, you know? So that's why, that's why these people do that. You know, so it's interesting because you got to imagine all these apps we're using. They charge little fees here and there, and everybody does. Everybody's got to get their cut. Is that progressive? Does Apple Pay do that too? You know, well, they... they if they, I need to get maybe on we Apple Pay, actually. We don't pay a fee, a fee, but the actual vendor taking the money, they're always charged a fee. 
Okay. It's always around, you know, three to five percent. It just depends. So, like, just for the service, you know, like, when you're swiping a card, it's like, oh, it's going to be three percent extra. Like, if you spend under five dollars yeah. at the gas station, yeah. that's why. Because they're getting charged per transaction. Yeah. So, that's how they make money. That's how these vendors right here, PayPal, Venmo, and Apple Pay, stuff like that. That's how they make their little money. Yeah, just I know PayPal and Venmo do. I didn't... Well, and it's Apple amazing because it's just a small percentage and you, they make tons of money. Yeah, but Apple Pay, it, it's, to ben, it's to our benefit because if we don't pay, incur you know a fee for that, then that's awesome. Yeah, that's all on the, the, the merchant. But so from I, a progressive oh, standpoint, um, in terms of, and specifically Apple Pay, which I've been saying now for a month that I need to get on that shit, I need to just get it set up, is because I am notorious for leaving my debit card every freaking where. You have multiple times. Yes, even at like the coffee shop, not even just out at bars. Like I literally left my debit card probably sitting in the card reader and walked out. I'll get you set up. Um, so I'll show you how that is do where it. it would be progressive for someone like me because I'll never lose my debit card again and I'll just be able to use my phone. I can and... definitely vouch that it is a very, uh, it has really changed my life. It's so easy. <laughs> I go to the gas station and just hold it up there and get See, that's what I needed for too because I got scammed at a gas station. Don't ever swipe your debit card uh, as debit, swipe, swipe it as credit. Yeah, credit. So, yeah, that's cool. And then speaking of phones and, you know, technology and all that. So I think we can establish that money is fairly neutral as well. Uh, there is a lot of pluses to it, but then there are dangers. Um, I think there's a trend here if you're there's not picking up on that. that as like, well. <laughs> a lot of it is. Uh, that's, what, yeah, that's, that's really the conversation. The show is called For the Love of Humanity. It really is about us. Like, what are we doing and how, you know, we, we approach it like, oh, how is this thing affecting us? But really, the, the, the how idea. How are we utilizing it, it to our best to. Yeah, our best how advantage. are we affecting these things that we're creating? Okay. So, going into that, we wanted to talk about um, the new Apple phone AI. So basically, this is available to all Apple users. It's like make an Which upgrade. Is, it's you know, yeah. it's time to upgrade your phones, and with that is going to come more suggestions from Siri. They've really beefed her up. She's going to start keeping track of where you are. You, see, you know, say you're gonna you go to the gym every time of day. At that time of day, it's going to remind you, hey, it's time to go to the gym because it's basing that off of geolocation. It's it knows and where you are. Your behaviors and your behaviors. If you go to the gym every day at a specific time, it's going to pick up on that. And one thing I like to, one thing I've I've called artificial intelligence over the last couple of months we've been talking about it is basically like your second brain. So it's going to be an extension of you. So it's going to pick up on your behaviors. It's going to listen to what you have to say. You know, um, That's if you a very... tell her you're heading home, you know, it's automatically going to plug in your, your home address and in, in your GPS and take you there. Things like that. Um, yeah, it's wildly fascinating. If you don't get a chance to look it up, uh, you will be a miss. I think the thing about the technology, and that's a that is that you have a very progressive outlook to it you know you're thinking of the positives of it and i can definitely see that because it's really learning as it goes all the different inputs that you give it it's learning these things but then on the same side of it is the security issue like we talked about earlier people can figure out your habits this and the other things so really how do you protect yourself and from it? And it could get annoying as well. It could, it could. But I'm sure Always you have the option giving, to shut it off. Yeah. Uh, but even still, beyond that, they're going to connect it to your Apple iWatch. You know, so say uh, you get a notification, it's going to pop up on your watch, and that's super convenient. 
You know, it's like there really are a lot of pluses to it, but we have to be conscious of the effects and like how is that going to because we had no idea. Think about it like this. We had no idea what the Internet would do to technology or society. But that's one of the things is with each new innovation and technology and the more we advance science, there are going to be effects to our society and we have to be the deciders on how we utilize it. Is it going to be good or bad? Um, to kind of end it on a funner note. Okay, so you know what Alexa is, right? Of course. Okay, so Alexa, uh, I'm, I'm going to play Skyrim. Skyrim is a dungeon game. And Alexa can, is your dungeon master. So in the game, the dungeon master is basically the computer. It's your god. Yeah, so basically, you want to make a decision. You say, I'm going to go into this castle. And then it says, the guards attack you. What do you do? And then I say, I swipe at him with my sword. And as you tell Alexa how, what you do, she makes decisions based on what you're inputting and tells a story and creates this game. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing AI technology because it's constantly adapting to, to what you're telling it. But it sounds like, to me, this sounds like this is like some underworld like make-believe thing. It's very creative. It's very unique. How does she respond like I, that's what I'm confused about, I guess, is, or is this like, there's a specific concept with this game and she learns it? The the developers just give her tons of information. Just randomly, like yeah, she I says mean they're just things. I mean it's not random. She's learning these things. She, yeah. you know, you feed it the input and you like from the developer side of it, they probably feed her with information about the world and the creatures and how, what their health is, like all this input. So she has this basic knowledge. And then based on the things that you're explaining to her, she will adapt the story to fit what you're telling her. So that video that I showed you was from um, the E3. It was a big video game conference. And the guy was basically playing a game. And when he's like, eat all the cheese, like that's telling her that you're going to eat cheese and cheese gives you health. You know, so like that's something that they teach her. Okay. And then she knows based on that input what to do next. And I think that's the cool thing is like this thing is constantly learning based on your interaction with it which is exactly how you what engage with it which yeah. is very much like siri as well what that they're creating with siri and how it's going to learn your behaviors and stuff like that um you've seen the 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 female robot sophia right yes that's supposed to be like the first yeah the first true ai that supposedly she's uh, walking now isn't she yeah, she she has like I don't know eighty something mannerisms. Maybe that I just totally made that number up, but something like that. She, she has, has an assorted mannerisms, like uh, body language and mannerisms, like you you know to be more human like. It's fascinating because a lot of the science fiction based around AI is very uh, terrifying. It's like oh, it's turned on us, you know, like Dystopian Terminator. That's all utopian. Yeah, it's exactly. About, it's about how the how the humans teach it or train it to do what it does and it's it's fascinating so to see where this is going to go because if it truly starts to learn then it's based on what we're inputting to it you know so if it's learning bad behaviors or if it even starts to think that our behavior like say we do good things and it thinks it's a bad like what if it learns that that's a bad input you know and how it reacts to that is going to be interesting so it's development very much like a child would but the technology in its head has far more information. So imagine you have a kid and it's just got a wealth of knowledge 
is connected to all of the information globally through the internet, right? And it learns and adapts based on, like, that's amazing. It's hard enough to raise children, let alone raising a robot, AI situation. It's going to be like they're superhumans, essentially, because they're not, they don't have flesh. Also. It's Terminator all over again. <laughs> I forget which, there was like a famous scientist or something. Um, maybe it was... Who, who died recently? Stephen Hawking's? Yes. Maybe it was him that said AI was the biggest like threat to humanity. And Did it's, he really? Yeah, I think so. We should validate that. Huh. Somebody said it. I want to say it was him. But one of these like mega scientists are like, they, yeah, that's did, the thing to concern yourself with. Do they, do, were they, did they have a dystopian like mindset in terms of, you know? I would, I would have to say so with a statement like that. But think about if they really are, they could dominate us if we design them. Now, the thing is, is you got to refrain. Your phone's dying? No. Let's do it. Siri. Wait, did I do that right? Go ahead. All right. Siri, will robots take over the world? Interesting question, me. Me. Interesting. Hold on. Siri, will artificial intelligence take over the world? Here's what I found on the web for will artificial intelligence take over the world. She didn't have an answer for that, so that's good. Oh, wait. Stephen Hawking. That's it. That validates it. 5%. (laughs) All good. Siri, can you charge my phone? (laughs) Right. So that was interesting. Will it save or destroy humanity? Oh, see, that's where it comes down to choosing sides. See, that's almost like the topic that we decided to discuss today in a different kind of verbiage. It's and it's more specific to artificial intelligence. That's kind of funny. That is wildly interesting. I think her first response, she said, "That's an interesting question." Me, as if she was referencing herself, and <laughs> will she take over the world? Which I feel is a very clever quip uh. that they would add to that conversation. Artificial intelligence is software built to learn or problem-solve processes, typically performed in the human brain. Digital assistants like Amazon's Alexa and Apple's Siri, along with Tesla's Autopilot, are all powered by AI. Some forms of AI can even create visual art or write songs. So, uh, man, if... Automation could transform the way we work by replacing humans with machines and software. That's actually a good topic to include as well yeah that, that really is the argument for it and i think we might have discussed this on another episode briefly and we're gonna but discuss it again when yeah we bring taking um, eric in taking the people out of the workforce the industrial workforce is a good thing you know we don't want all of our citizens to have to go work in a factory robots can do that we need to find other productive ways that our uh, our people can do things that they truly enjoy and make a living doing that you know so I think that is a good thing about artificial intelligence. If we can teach uh, robots how to do things better for us, that's great. If they get to a point where they are truly conscious and thinking, then we should be real nice to them. This is very interesting. That you, This is something that you'd probably find interesting. It said games provide a useful window, useful window into the increasing sophistication of AI. Case in point, developers such as Google's DeepMind and Elon Musk's OpenAI have been using games to teach AI systems how to learn. So far, these systems have bested the world's greatest players of the ancient strategy game Go and even more complex games like Super Smash Brothers and what is that, D-O-T-A 2, Dota 2? I don't know that. Uh-huh. So that's so they're teaching them how to play video games because it's a problem solving. 
they're getting fed a bunch of information and then they see the results of their actions. That's fast. I mean, that makes sense. That's exactly what we do when we play a video game. We go into it blindly. We learn how to do some things. We solve the problems. That's every single video game. solving problems, yeah. And think about how fast that a computer can do it, you know? Give a computer a game and it's just going to zip right through it. Yeah. The processing is, is wild. So that is a very fascinating thing. To, and, and I've seen the Google, uh, what is it, Dream or the Deep Dream some, thing? Yeah. Um, I've seen that. It basically takes all the information and helps develop that information. Google's Deep Mind. Yeah, Deep Mind. Um, one, one little paragraph I wanted to read. Um, hold on, where did it go? Uh, neither Musk or Hawking, nor Hawking believe that developers should avoid the development of AI, but they agree that government regulation should ensure the tech does not go rogue. Normally, the way regulations are set up in, is a whole bunch of bad things happen. There's a public outcry, and after many years, a regulatory agency is set up to regulate that industry. Musk said during the same NGA talk, it takes forever, that in the past has been bad, but not something which rep- which represented a fundamental risk to the existence of civilization. Yeah, so this can get out of hand real quickly, and if we're not thinking about it ahead of time, it's going to cause problems. And, and, their thing, and this is, the reason that this is, they're saying this um, is simply for the fact of other, against, with other countries. You know, other countries creating their own AI as right. a means of, of warfare. War. Yeah, of course that's the it's way it is. It's Terminator. Thinking. And these are the companies making the AI saying these things. So this it's is actually pretty crazy right that. here. Hawking believes that a global governing body needs to regulate the development of AI to prevent a particular nation from becoming superior. Russian President Putin recently stoked this fear at a meeting with Russian students in early September when he said... The one who becomes the leader in this sphere in this severe sphere will be the ruler of the world. These comments further emboldened Musk's position. He tweeted that the race for AI superiority is the most likely cause of World War Three. Fascinating. Wow. That's a lot to take in. We're gonna include that link yeah. in this post. You can check it out. Little excerpts from this article. That is really neat. Um and that is something we should consider. So I think in Regards to AI, is it regressive or progressive? Lindsay, what do you think? Um, um, leaning more, of course, towards progressive, but definitely some regressive aspects. Excellent. So it seems uh, across the board, these are all wildly neutral. And the key thing that we learned today is that humanity is going to control how this technology affects our society. And we should be super conscious of that. These are all fun things. Don't get distracted. Could be World War Three before you know it. <laughs> Over AI. Battle of the Robots. And it's going to be Terminator. You know, they predicted this in Terminator. And we should be conscious of that. Just like, did you hear that they're considering that really, truly bringing back dinosaurs? Like, they have figured it out. No, I don't believe that. I'll, we're going to fact check it. You should do that fact check it. I think it's real. And they've already made about five movies to prove why that's not a great idea. That's not going to happen. Why? Why would they bring For them science, back? For oh science. To research. God. Because we can. We can play maybe, God. We'll research it and maybe discuss it on a future episode. But anyway, more importantly, Social Media Day Jacksonville. We're about two weeks out. Very excited. We're getting down to the wire. Um, I'm stoked. Uh, I want to learn about chatbots and... Um, 
email blast. I need to get better at email blast. Email marketing? For reasons. So I can email folks. We have an email. Uh, we should start using it probably. What do you guys want? An email newsletter? We could do a newsletter when our podcast comes out. That'd be and fun. We, and I, the, the, the main reason I think that would be cool is mainly for content. Like yeah, I, you guys want to see would, all the stuff we talk I want to run a write, yeah, write articles, like, you know, opinion yeah, we, articles on what we talk about. We'll typically research uh, some topics briefly before the show, and then we talk about it. So if we could share those materials with you, you can see how we come up with uh, some of like the topics I do like audio the best, though, and that's obviously why we have a podcast, because I enjoy intellectual discussion with another person yeah and it's great to talk to the viewers afterward you know you get to hear the conversation unfold see where we come from it and then we get to hear your feedback which is super important to us so if you wanted to comment on uh this post wherever you're listening to it if that's a thing rate us that's fun yeah and if you're not going to be able to make it to social media day jacksonville even if you're you know especially if you're outside of jacksonville like you know this is this is a serious like just the most one of the most valuable concerts concerts conferences to come to you know this this region even so i mean if if you know anything about facebook like ads and whatnot like dennis you and there's so many other people like just all you know all these speakers in at one conference in a two-day period is going to be awesome so we're going to be there we're going to be live videoing stories recording like if you're not going to be there you know sucks to be you but you know definitely follow us on our stories and um all of our pages on our instagram uh facebook whether you use social media 29th or the third and the 30th stay tuned for that if you're using social media for business be there if you're using social media to have uh, more followers on your dog's instagram page be there. It's going to teach you how to do it. And I think that's one of the great things about the conference. And we're excited to be there. Um, what a great show. We had some awesome topics. I'm excited to talk about all this. Uh, Keg and Coin, which is where I'm going next. So, hey, if you're in, uh, in the area, I'm probably there. We recorded this days ago from the time you're listening to it. better to be it. days, Michael, because we haven't put out an episode in a month. Days. So we need gonna to update our weeks and months. fans, the show followers, will never listeners. Come out. But hey, yeah. here's the update. We're on, um, we're going to Keg and Coin. Is it episode eight? Episode eight. We have two more episodes and then we're, we're it'll be the 10 episode Let's do episode part. nine in like a week because we're so behind. Let's we do episode nine right now and <laughs> cut.